0: section number 11 of stories and pictures this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by lola janey stories and pictures by i l Peretz. translated by helena frank two are not afraid and yet there are two persons in the place who are not afraid and not only that but they are hoping for the plague the two persons are the young dr savitsky a christian and lehaville yossel the beggar student savitsky came two years and a half ago straight from the university he came a good christian a treasure, quite one of the righteous of the nations of the world people wish the town justice were as good there wasn't a particle of pride in the man he never gave himself airs. he greeted everyone he passed even a child even a woman for an old person he would step aside he loved jewish fish as life itself and the householders treated him one and all with respect they bowed to him and took off as much as a whole hat they sent him sabbath cakes and often asked him in to fish in fact they wished him all that is good only they never consulted him who wanted a doctor hadn't they a roifer and what a roifer he has only to give the patient one look to know what is the matter with him so it's no wonder the apothecary is willing to make up his prescriptions it is possible that another doctor might have got a practice quicker for instance if there had come an old doctor with long experience and leaving a large practice somewhere behind him but there appears this popinjay who cannot even twirl the down on his upper lip with a young pale face like a girl's dressed like a dandy a boy fresh from school and just as the eggs always know more than the hen so must he think himself better than the old roifer who as the saying goes had eaten up his teeth at the work. So must he say that the sick take over much castor oil, that coupling was a mistake, especially for a woman in childbed. Leeches he wanted put on the shelf that they might do no harm. Dry cupping he made fun of, and he had no faith in salves. Do you ever hear of a doctor without salves and without bloodletting? Who would consult him? an apothecary turns up his nose at such a one's prescriptions for twenty groschen apiece thus it went on for six months there was open war with the roifa and hidden war with the apothecary and yet he was on very good terms with the householders thus it went on i say till savitsky came to the last of the few gulden which he had brought with him from somewhere after a bit he got behind hand with his rent, and was in debt to the butcher and the grocer and the tailor, he was in debt all around, and the creditors grew daily more impatient. And once, when the butcher had sent back the maid without any meat, Saviski let his wings droop, and confessed that bloodletting was necessary, and that castor oil might be taken every minute, but this did him no good at all, because first no one believed him that he really meant it it was very likely only to take people in and secondly supposing it were so and he had really given in to the roifa, then what was he wanted for Zaviski got another gulden or two from somewhere christians often inherit things from rich uncles and aunts and dragged on another six months at the end of which he had an inspiration he became an anti-semite a real bitter one he left off saluting people and now if he stepped aside for a jew it was to spit out before him he persuaded the town justice even though it was winter to drive a few jewish families off the peasants land and when there came a new inspector the old ones had their hush money he would himself take him round the courtyards and show him where there lurked uncleanliness he told the apothecary one day that in his place He should give all the Jews poison, and many, many more things of the kind. This idea really proved helpful. Certain of the householders began to call him in and paid him for his visits, although they would afterwards tear up his prescriptions, pour out his mixtures, throw away his ointment. The enemy of Israel must have his mouth shut. That also was a kind of hush money. But Savitsky did not make a living by it he had no more inspirations and there was no hope of things bettering themselves in addition to this he had the following misfortunes he was unable to extract a pea out of a little boy's ear a sick man risked his life by taking one of Savitsky's prescriptions and in a week he was dead but the worst was that he forgot himself one day and declared that fever was not in itself an illness but a remedy a weapon by means of which the body should rid itself of the disease those who heard him all but split with laughter and still more did they pant for laughing when it happened that he was called in to a woman in childbed at the critical moment because the town grandmother was away on business in a village and there was no help for it the ridiculous things he did he called for a basin of water a piece of soap he poured something into the basin out of a little bottle he had brought in his pocket the people stood and watched him and concluded he made up his medicines at home to annoy the apothecary but heaven only knew what it was then he just went and washed his hands and yet his hands were as clean as clean could be as is the way with christians and as if that wasn't enough he took out a knife and cleaned his nails really he might have been a pious jewess then he rubbed his hands and washed them anew what more shall i say about his conjuring tricks then to business the woman it was not her first said she certainly had smaller hands than the town grandmother and was quicker at it too except for his fads but who could stand all that fuss and when there's no soap to be had it just happened to have been washing day but otherwise. The result of all this was that Savitsky went about like a wicked man in the other world, and at the end of two years and a half he saw he would not be able to hold on there, that his inexpressibles were getting too big for him, that he was growing daily thinner and might fall into a decline. He was preparing to run away and leave his debts behind, and now it was near no this is not the time to leave a town of the kind there are golden days coming they have already sent an order to build a barrack for cholera patients and to set apart a house for their families and although the heads of the community have forked out and bribed the town justice and the inspectors to set down the expenditures for the barrack as though it had been built and not alarm the town everyone felt it was on the move that it was coming That it meant peril of death to everyone and good luck to Savitsky he will get three to four rubles a day from the government the sick will pay him extra and those who are well will pay not to be put down as sick all the Jews will pay for disinfection and no disinfection isolation and non-isolation for being let in and let out for speaking and for being silent and above all burial money not to be made the subject of a post-mortem and be buried in pitch. Savitsky revived. His heart grew light within him. He paced the streets, whistling a merry air. He looked cheerily into everyone's face, peeped in at all the doors and windows. Jews like to hide themselves. Ah, but he will not allow it. They shall pay him for the past years. He will come into his own then he will leave the dead alive place and marry whom shall he find here the apothecary's daughter that ugly thing chapter eleven